Welcome to Wisco Dies. Welcome to Wisco Dies. You asked that like you're not sure. <laughs> I almost wasn't sure if we were recording it. Oh, well, we are. And this is your host, the Conesy with the Most. And I have been joined with my co host, Brian. Sometimes called Star Craving Mad. Sometimes Disturbed Mach 1 on the forums. Sometimes. Sometimes just called some other colorful metaphors, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so what's going on, man? Uh, not much. So yeah, We're here, here to record. Same. We played a game. Yeah, we played a game of Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. That was if fun. you call that a game, I don't know. It was a 1-1 I think tie. the orcs were confused if it was like a fight or a Blood Bowl match. <laughs> yeah, ball handling was not not something we did well, but punching and killing was was definitely something on our to-do list. Yeah, until you got that 3-1 to one advantage. <laughs> <laughs> or I think when you scored the last score, it was like 9-1, to one, so... <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much was. It was 4-9 to I nine guys, you had two guys on the pitch when you came back for that game. Yeah, up, when so. I came back, yeah. but... It was pretty good. <laughs> it was All right, ridiculous. so what do we intend to cover today? We're going to talk a bit about right and armulus list building, kind of what we do to go about that, it's kind of some of our thoughts, stuff like that. That's going to be good. That'll be, uh, I think, a good time and uh, interesting discussion. Um, what's been going on? Have you been working on anything hobby-wise? Oh, yeah. Actually, I brought them over today. You saw them. Uh, like the last two weeks, I was converting up a vampire on a whatever they're called there wing the hell steed they the call it seed? yeah okay. so yeah just a pegasus more or less but i kind of kit bashed a bunch of stuff and did some green stuffing to get it all to fit together and it was a pretty i don't know it's a pretty good conversion i guess it worked out pretty well what all do you Looks use to put good. that guy together i think i used three different kits uh, i used the the count monfred on the steed i used his steed the legs are kind of molded into that steed so that was kind of a plus because I have the Terrorgeist kit, which I haven't put together yet, but it comes with that zombie rider. Okay. So I used his top bits, like his torso and all that, and just converted it so that fit onto that steed. And then um, from an old Blood Dragon on Wing Nightmare kit, I took the wings from that. They're a good size for it. So those were the wings. I'll, I think I'll put a blog post for it. I took some pictures while I was converting it and stuff and yeah, so you can kind of see how I went about it, but... I think it turned out pretty good. I did a lot more green stuff work than I kind of uh-huh. thought I would have to venturing into it, <laughs> but I kind of sculpted some armor so the wings looked like they kind of meshed a little better into it, and then I had to sculpt some so the rider looked a little better, matched up to those legs. So I'll tell you what, it looks really cool. I'm really impressed. That was pretty awesome. Sitting, you know, just looking at it, still, yeah. You know, it's obvious you're still going to do something probably really cool with the base, but just the model yep. itself is already looking just awesome. Yeah, this morning I took a little while to get over here because i was trying to base them up i hadn't put the stand with them or anything yet i put them on a 40 by 40 they're the pegasus is just a monstrous well not a monstrous it's just a war beast or whatever so a lot of people put them on the calvary base i think they're officially putting them on the 50 mils now oh really yeah. but it's still just a war beast or whatever though so i think he just counts as calvary so uh monsters cav well it's not the hell steed though it should be but i don't think it's been if faq'd it's a- or anything it's just a. It's just, it's just a, a war beast. Yeah. It's just a war beast, huh? Uh huh. So that's, that's kind of goofy. I still put them on the forty mil though. I thought that was a little better than the cav base. If I guess I don't know. If something changes and I don't know, I guess it would be a while before another vampire counts book. Probably. I think that would be the only way to change that, unless it's in an FAQ to make him a monstrous beast. But it's still just a horse. I mean, it's not any better than the regular nightmares. Besides the fact it can fly. So. Sure. But we'll see what happens. To that I think I'm just gonna. He's not 
probably not going to be my Vampire Lord. I'm trying to get my... Well, I think the next thing I'm going to do is put my Terror Geist together. So he's going to kind of support that. So Interesting. That's, <laughs> we'll that's see how it works out. Good idea, yeah. But I'm excited to have the model on the table. I haven't played a game with him yet. So Yeah, no, he looked pretty cool. Um, as far as I've been going, I've I've got... Uh, 20, I had 24 of the Dwarf Warriors for QCR finished with the Great Weapons. So I'm really trying right now to finish out that unit. I have 36 models total for the unit that are built and that I that I own. So I want to get all 36 done and paint it up. So I'm trying to finish up those the last 12. I got the, the first six of them, the first half of that 12 is pretty much base coated and, and the initial wash is on them. So maybe I'll get them finished up this weekend yet. I also started working on, from the assembly perspective, I started working on uh, 10 new bolt-action uh, Germans. So I know it's not Warhammer-related, but, you know, Still after last episode... Hobby. Yeah, after last <laughs> episode being pretty high on that game, uh, I definitely want to... You know, one of the big things that my list really needs is just more troops. And so that'll help uh, round out my list and, and help... Uh, hopefully help me get a little bit more of an advantage against those sneaky Americans. <laughs> I don't know, I think most of our games have been draws so far, but following by the rules, but usually it seemed like I was pretty well controlling them. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like I, I but, just did not have enough guys, so yeah, I take a couple of casualties, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden my my little six-pack units or my little six- or seven-pack units were pretty good, but as soon as I take a casualty or two, then it was like, uh-oh, now <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. This unit's effectiveness drastically is reduced to just about nothing. Yeah, I'm excited to have more of my dudes together, too, and we can start playing some bigger games, but I kind of took all my hobby time to do that uh, Hellsteed conversion. I did get a couple more guys together, but I need like a whole another squad is what I'm looking for and all those supports I haven't assembled yet. I'm still trying to figure out bases for them. Sure. So I don't know, I'm trying to find a larger round base that's also flat, not like a regular 40k base, you know? But I'll figure it out eventually. I think they used to, GW used to have the flat ones. Instead of the the slightly raised ones, yeah. but I don't know if how easy it know. is to get a hold of them. I found a company that makes the bolt action ones from the UK, but I don't know. It didn't seem very cost effective. It was like fifteen bucks for four bases or something. So sure. <laughs> I don't think that's worth it. But there's plenty of eBay sellers that sell like wood ones, so maybe I'll just order some of those up. Sure. And that'll take care of that. So as far as games, then, did you play any... Have you actually played any actual Warhammer? Yeah. I mean, we just talked a little um, bit about the Blood Bowl game that was Bloodbath. think... I don't remember where we were at with the last podcast where... About three weeks but ago. I probably played a couple games at on Monday nights. I think I got a game the last two nights I was out in the last couple weeks, so... Um, that was with my Vampire Counts. I think the two weeks ago I played a 1,000.1 against some High Elves. Um, I tried a little bit different list. I think I had a... Uh, actually put a master necromancer in that list. So I had a level three and then just a another little necromancer also. And then I was excited I used my Graveguard. I got those old Halberd wheel and Graveguard models, so I'm playing them as great uh great weapon ones. And that was the first I used those. Well that no, that was the second time I used those. I played a really bad game against Nick's Empire. <laughs> they didn't get to do anything but the game against the Hylves I got them into the Calvary, which was kinda of their their job is to kinda of open cans. So I was really excited to get them into the cavalry, and they messed those guys up. I still left my zombie bunk. Well, I think I had a skeleton bunker with my necro in it, and I kind of left that vulnerable, and it got taken out by some fast calves. So I lost the game because my general died. <laughs> so <laughs> the graveguard didn't stick around very long. And then last week I played 1,500 points against Skaven, and that was a pretty good game. I think uh, 
I don't remember the kid's name. Were you playing uh, Trevor? Trevor, yeah. He seemed okay. like not too familiar with playing his list at a lower points level like that, so he seemed to kind of sit back, and I kind of controlled everything and ended up winning that one. I didn't even kill very much, but he killed like my spirit host, and I think that was it. So, But I took out like a warp lightning cannon, and I think I got his doom wheel and a pack of rat ogres. And he had like a unit of clan rats and uh, whatever the better dudes are, storm vermin or something like that. Does he even have storm vermin? I thought he was, uh, he was all like clan rats and he was playing them as storm vermin. Okay, like I don't think they were the actual models, but that's what happened to be in the list. Yeah, that's kind of my problem with my skaven is that everything is clan rats and slaves, mm-hmm. so like nothing fights in combat. So I have to try to get it done with magic and shooting from a distance. Yeah. And- as soon as you get to me, then it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, just hang on, I have no <laughs> combat reliability here. Yeah, I didn't really push it on him too much. My graveguard took out those uh, trolls and then took out the doom wheel after that, so they were kind of tied up and didn't never got to his blocks, and I didn't really have any reason to engage him after taking out everything else. He almost killed my skeleton block, but then they didn't, and I ended up, I don't know. That was, yeah. It was interesting to play Skaven. That was the main part of the game. I think that's the first time I've played him in a really long time, so I was pretty unfamiliar with them. So yeah, I've had a lot of fun playing mine. So I <laughs> I would like to get them back to the table, especially since they're mostly painted. Maybe they'll kick some motivation to to finish the list. And really, the list is uh, it just needs more slaves to complete my list at two K, and then points. I'm putting like I got rat ogres in the list, and it's like a two pack of rat ogres with a master molder and. That's units near garbage for ah. what it does. And <laughs> another rat dart or two, and yeah, it seems like Skaven really lay it on you until they get to you. Well, until you get to them, and then they kind of start having problems. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, know, you can do some combat of your list, like you get Probably. the plague monks with a plague furnace, and then you get yeah, you get uh, the storm vermin can be such. a little fightier. The a bombs, you know, so you can do a little fighter. Even the rat ogres are a little fightier. I think a lot they have some good characters in there too. Don't is it elite fighting? No, it's no. Is it better than goblin fighting? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my Skaven slaves on zombies. That's an epic fight. That That's had to be an epic slap fest right there. <laughs> and unfortunately, it didn't have. I don't think he had any slaves in our battle. I did just remember those were like that was a game two weeks ago, and the one before that was three weeks. So I did play a game last week against the new Wood Elves, and that was the first time I saw those. What do you think of those? Um, they, were in, little they were interesting. Yeah, they kind of stayed away the whole time. I did run Blood Knights in that, and it was kind of like uh, we were both trying to like negotiate the charges there. He was trying to get his Wild Riders on my Blood Knights, but they flubbed their charge, and then I was able to charge them. But then I was kind of, I ended up getting magicked by the, whatever the Dark Elf template spell is, and that took out like all but two of my Blood Knights. And then there was a vampire left in there, and then the rest fell to the no armor save way watchers shooting. So I did have the uh, bloodkeep banner in there that kept them alive. They took like all the shooting and magic like the whole game. So they were there until like turn four, and then they got hit by that spell. I should have had a scroll, I guess, and I probably would have been better off. But yeah, yeah. And (laughs) it was battle for the pass. The, like, the Blood Knights were the only ones that actually got to his army. All the other ones never Just even... Back up, back up, back he up. He didn't even... He backed up a little bit, but... um, Run around. I set up on, like, the left side of my t- my side of the table, and he set up on the right side. So I kind of had to march at a diagonal yet, and I just never made it over there. <laughs> Ugh, that's rough. So, yeah, on his last turn, he kind of backed up rather than... There was no reason to engage him, because he already took out, like, a quarter of my army, so... Yeah, well, um... I don't think i've played 
trying to think. Uh, I don't think you've played. I don't think I've played QCR. anything since we recorded, yeah. and I just have the QCR games. And I think the one that you played Odd Man Out or something, and so you didn't. Get yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I came down. So yeah, the the week before QCR, I went down. and I was Odd Man Out, so I didn't play, which was okay. I was kind of. I was. You really, were trying to get everybody else games. Yeah, I would have really liked to have one more practice game before Quake's uh, before the Quake uh, to, to play that dwarf list, but. It didn't happen. It's okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, obviously, I was at Quake City Rumble out in uh, San Francisco um, at, at the Fort Mason Center. I'm not going to get into it a lot here, but I did want to point out that all of I'm going to recap all of my games, battle reports. Um, I've recapped my list already. That's all coming out via the Konzi's Diary. So little 10, 15, I'll 15, 20 minute blips uh, for each game and. and my army list, and I'll do a final thoughts on on the experience. Um, this is my first tournament I've ever traveled to, where I've had to get on a plane. And we were there for vacation, so me and the wife, you know, there's tons of pictures I put up on the website, not just of the tournament, but from the entire vacation experience. So I thought that was pretty cool. I wanted to share that. Actually, it's not on the website; it's through the through. Uh, it's on the Facebook. Google, yeah, on the Facebook well, page, and then I have it. On, yeah. I have a. Shared the Google folder because it was just so many pictures that I didn't want to put. They were too much to put on our web host. Um, but yeah, so definitely you can go ahead and check out the the entire Q, uh, Konzi QCR experience um, on our Wisco Dice page. You should be able to find the Konzi's Diary on. I think I'm if it's only listed on iTunes. I think so. And it's been a long time since I've added an episode to the Konzi's Diary, so. I don't think this is going to be any kind of resurgence of that show where I'm going to get back into it and, and start putting out more. But that's what the diary is for is sometimes, you know, it's I didn't want to sit here and do a whole dedicated podcast just to doing Quake City Rumble uh, review and have Brian just kind of sit along and follow along. So <laughs> we kind of it was a better it was a better way for us to kind of release that content and continue to be able to release regular shows that, about stuff we want to talk about um, together. All right. Uh, at this point, let's go ahead and take a break, I think, right? Yeah. And when we come when we come back, it's going to be uh, me and a gentleman, a fan of the show, uh, Jesse Gayhart. And Jesse is from the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, which is really cool. He's not, you know, uh, been a listener for a bit, and and listened to a show we did not too long ago about growing the Grove. I think that was the title of the show. Yeah, I can't remember what number and it was. It was really, it was really about uh, you know, fifty-one growing the local remember. community and and getting a and getting a local crowd. And he we talk a little bit about his experience with. Um, growing and restoring and, and and getting a new group going up in the uh, I think it's games I think it's games universe uh, anyways we'll tell you what where where you can find them if you're in the Milwaukee area what night what days they're playing where they're playing and how to find out more info about that group so I, I think it was a great great thing to kind of follow back up on a tournament uh, or not a tournament but a, <laughs> a podcast experience and and to be able to talk to a fan of the show was really cool too so all right, and then when we get back from that, we will go ahead and get into our main topic, which is writing an army list and putting together an army that's on the table, what, your, what our thought process is, what we're looking for from the games, and from both a new player perspective and experienced veterans like ourselves. All right, with that, we'll take a break. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. 
and we are back. So at this point, I've been joined by a fan of the show and listener uh, Jesse Gayhart, and hopefully I got that last name right. Yep. Excellent. So Jesse, <laughs> you kind of reached out to me, and, I, and I've, we've been chatting on Facebook and through the the Wisconsin Warmer Fantasy Battles League for quite some time. But you kind of reached out to me a while back and said, "Hey, uh, I've been, I listened to some of your shows about you know." you know, getting a group, reviving a group, building up a group locally, and was like, you know, this has really been helpful, and we've been doing, putting some of those things along with some of our own techniques to work here um, in the, it's the Menominee Falls area, which, which is, what, just north of Milwaukee, right? Correct, yep. And it's, so we kind of, he's like, okay, well, let's bring it on, bring it on the show and let's talk about that. So, Jesse, first off, you can t- tell us about yourself, uh, you know, what do you, how did you get into Warhammer? Where did you kind of get started and, and how did this group kind of get going in the Milwaukee, in, in the Menominee Falls, Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee area? Gotcha. Well, um, I've basically been playing Warhammer since, uh, 97, uh, started with, uh, Dark Elves. I, well, actually, I started playing 40k uh, with the the Dark Eldar uh, because a lot of people were playing that. Um, but then I basically got into uh, the fantasy stuff because I was in the hobby store, and you know, me me being more of like your Hobbin, uh, Hobbit and uh, Tolkien fan, I was just drawn to to that more. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, um, I, I was basically finding other people that were interested in that. Also, we had a group going, but you know. Life happens and it just fell apart. But you know, just in recent days, I wanted to bring it back t- together. And you know, I just started making a group on Facebook and wanted to grow it. I heard your podcast about you know attending the the Grove, um, and yeah, I I just took it from there. So, how many players uh, do you regularly have, kind of in the group now? It's obviously, starting a group and trying to get a group growing, even in the most desolate areas, and certainly, I don't think uh, where you're at's the most desolate area, but it, it's definitely a challenge. So, how big is the group now? On Facebook, we have 20 people, but you know, those are people that also range down into Milwaukee, and uh, you're actually a member of the group too. So, you know, so we we try, you know, keeping people informed on when when we're having our our, our games. Uh, but currently, right now, we have about I want to say five to six people that show up on a monthly basis to our big games, which is normally the third Saturday of every month. And is there a specific location or store that you play at then, or is that like still out of somebody's house? Uh, no, we actually play out of uh, Game Universe in the Falls. It's right off of Appleton Ave. Uh, you know, but we're we're just working that area. You know, seeing what what we can get. Of course, it's a great store. Uh, you know, to have these games because there's a lot of gamers there. And, you know, like just, just last week we had someone that saw us playing some games and they're like, wow, uh, you're actually playing Warhammer here? And and we're like, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a huge thing is getting that FaceTime at the store and getting that exposure. And, and the more the more that you kind of do those kind of things, as, as we've found here, especially with... Um, the last square that before they moved out of Madison and now at Pegasus is building that group, building that relationship with the store. And when they, as they get used to you being there two, three, four, five months now down the road, they'll easily like, yep, every third, every third Saturday of the month that that's when they're here. 
you know, come on in and play. And they'll, you know, as people are buying product, and then, you know, it, it just kind of it ex- helps explode. Um, the better you build that relationship with your local store, and the more that you're consistent. Every if you're consistent, so those are definitely things we talked about. What else have you? You know, you, it sounds like you've taken advantage of social media, and you're you're starting to build a a, a regular relationship and and game day with the store. Is there anything else that you've really found that's that's really helped you grow this environment, um, either from the show or from uh, your own experience? Well, you know, I'd I'd have to say like the the most important thing uh, that you know I I took from the the show really is you know just making sure that you go out there and talk to people because you know there are a lot of people that play Warhammer and you know actually you know still have models. They just don't play it anymore because no one in the area has it. So you know, like we we just ran into two two people last week. Like I said, and you know, I was I was talking to to them, and you know, we're just you know spreading the word and you know actually talking to people because you know there are people that walk into that store that just walk in, do a loop, and then walk back out. But as as they come walking by our, our table, I'll actually um, you know. And engage them and, and talk to them about you know what what we're doing and what it's all about and background story and you know it, it just brings brings people in and you know, gets them interested and then they start asking questions and you know then then I show them the books and stuff and you know like really it it just com- comes down to to talking to, to people uh, you know just one on one face to face. Yeah, I think I think that I agree with that completely. You just gotta. I know how many times uh, right now Pegasus we think we had a board game group at the same time, uh, the same night. So those board gamers will come in, and sometimes they'll come into the war game area where we're playing, and they'll be looking for the board game group. And, and you know, if you engage them and say, you know, you know, not only help them out, point them in the right direction for their group, but engage them. And you know, have you tried Warhammer before? You know, get them to know, you know, get them to feel that you're a, a human being and a gamer just like they are. And the next thing you know, oh, you actually had models and played this ten years ago. Well, why don't you bring them on in on a Monday night, and we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll help you out, kind of get, you know, get a feel for it again, and see if you like it. Yeah, and you know, um, one one thing that, that that we also offer to people is, you know, us being in, in the hobby for such a long time is, you know, we've amassed a, a couple different armies. So if people come in one week, notice we're playing, you know, we will actually invite them out, saying, hey, you know, if you want to come by, you don't need to, you know, buy anything now. But if you want to play it, we can have extra armies, and we have lists here, and you can pick one, and we'll walk you through a game and tell you what it's all about, and you can experience it for yourself without any cost to you yeah i know i for me personally when i go down on monday nights i usually have three four spare armies in the trunk of the car mm-hmm. mostly because i'm too lazy to take them out <laughs> but uh yeah it's usually they're right there you know somebody walks up they're in there if they're in the store close to while we're lining up matchups and they're new and and the store is pointing them in our direction for a demo game Yep, hook them up. Let's let's get it going. I'll get you a demo game here. Let's try out some 500-point stuff. We'll push it around. I'll give you an explanation with a couple of models of the basics and mm-hmm. push the models around, throw some dice, and hopefully you enjoy it to the point that you want to come back next time or you go over to the store and maybe pick up an Island of Blood and everybody's happy. The store's happy because, you know, we're helping them out sell a product and, and we're happy because we're, you know, growing and continuing to grow and expand that group. 
Yeah, and you, you you know like as I, as I said before, you know just just about talking to people, you know, like I, I myself, you know, I play dark elves and wood elves. Wood elves are are my main army right right now, but um, you know, like we'll 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 show show them, you know, like the the rule book or you know some of the other armies that that we have because you know people might not be drawn to like the humans and elves and they think it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but then they realize, you know, that there's different races and stuff and something that's more aesthetically pleasing to to them. So you know they'll they'll draw them in and they're like, you know, elves are cool, but oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah, exactly. Now I see too that you've. It seems that you. I don't know if this is a recent thing, but it's. I've seen the post coming up on the Facebook group, uh, talking about these like modeling and painting challenges, and it sounds like you've kind of, everybody's kind of jumping on board and, and taking on. Let's let's get a unit done, or let's get something new built, or whatever for the for the next time we get together. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, what what we're doing is uh, our our big game every month, uh, which of course is the the third Saturday uh, of of each month at Games Universe. Uh, we normally start at one, and that will go for the the rest of the afternoon until the place closes. Basically, what they have to do is they have to bring in either a, a single unit, uh, or ba- basically, yeah, a, a unit or a, a single model that's. Uh, painted with at least three colors and of course base so you know your your standard uh, re- requirements for for most uh most uh, tournaments i'd say um and uh if if they have that complete uh, i actually keep track of you know what what they've they've done and each quarter uh they they have a chance of winning something which which of course you know i i will provide the the prize myself you know but it kind of encourages them and gives them some incentive to you know, get something done and actually do something and, and enjoy the hobby a little more. And I'm sure the group appreciates that. I know I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I, you know, we, whether it's running league playoffs, I'll throw in a little bit of incentive or private support. Um, but, I, you know, one of the things yeah, yeah. that keeps comes from that too is the more you work with and build that relationship with the store you're playing at, the better, the better, the, you know, that it'll be that, like, okay, well, hey, I'm buying this as prize support. We're doing this thing on a quarterly basis so that we're encouraging folks to buy new models and build and paint them oh really well next time let me throw in 20 percent you know yeah awesome appreciate it yeah and that you know that 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 just goes a long way and you know other people in in the the group see that and they're like well this you know these these people are are really investing in me it's it's not just me about you know me showing up and you know playing a a couple games and you know just getting the satisfaction of maybe winning or you know, talking to, to people, you know, I can actually earn something. Yeah, definitely, and it, it, it shows that um, as the organizers of of the and building the group that that you care, that you really care about their welfare and and mm-hmm. that they're having a good experience. And yeah, from the hobby side, it's it's great here in Madison. We just finally have gotten the group big enough where I can I we organized to just started trying it out the spring and the summer doing a monthly hobby day the store does a a painting class on the first and second saturdays of the month so we said okay well let's do the first saturday of the month let's do the whole group we'll try to get as much of the group in and and do a hobby day and that's been everybody's just been loving it we we get a good group down folks like seeing us in the store and we work you know almost all day sitting down there working models and this next one we're going to plan on working on a mighty empire's tiles as a group so that we can run a campaign even 
Yeah, and you know that's that's something that I eventually want to want to work towards. Um, you know, like with with the current area that that we have right now for for gaming, you know, we can probably run about, you know, leaving room for people who want to play uh, other games at at the store. We can probably run comfortably, maybe eight games at one one time. But you know, as as far as like painting classes go, you know, they they already have a schedule of other other games that that they're playing. Um, you know, throughout the the week, but you know that's that's something that I, I definitely want to get get to uh, one of these days. All right, so just want to kind of recap here. Yeah, it's the third Saturday of the month, right? Correct. At Games Universe in Menominee Falls. Yep, on uh, Appleton. And uh, anything folks need to know if they're looking for a game there that they should bring the the average point size or is right around the 2000 points level right um yeah you you can bring anything from 1000 to 2000 points um you know like we're we're working on you know re- relearning the, the game because you know a lot of us have haven't played for a while you know so we're just trying to you know get get things up to speed you know so a thousand point game might take a, a little longer but uh the, the next game we have scheduled uh, which will be on i believe the 23rd um Will be for eighteen fifty points, and, and of of course it's it's fantasy, but you know anyone's welcome. And if you want to stay in the loop, uh, you can always come to our Facebook page, which is Wisconsin Warhammer Arena, and we're constantly growing. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks Jesse for coming on the show and and talking about the your your experience and the growth. It's exciting to hear other groups, especially from the Milwaukee area. Milwaukee used to be this strong strong area uh, years ago for the wisconsin worm and fantasy battles league over the course of I'd like to say seventh the late late seventh edition it kind of signed kind of died off and with eighth ed coming out a lot of the support that we had in milwaukee kind of vanished and now it's we're starting to see that with guys like you kind of bringing it back and building a great group there so i look, I look forward to hearing how things go i definitely follow the group and sooner or later i'm going to be able to sneak away a saturday and come down and see you guys and play yeah you you know you're you're always welcome and you know going going back to you know like people playing in, in milwaukee you know I was, I was talking to uh like some some of the, the people down at the, the games workshop uh, down in Milwaukee, and you know, a lot of them in that area are just playing 40k now. But you know, if if the rumors are are true, uh, hopefully we we get to see a new edition of rules this fall for uh, fantasy, and uh, hopefully that that will create a boom in uh, the fantasy world. Yeah, hopefully, it's definitely. Yeah. I think uh, podcasts and and uh, a great tournament scene has really helped keep the fantasy scene kind of going, and then. And going in the right direction, and we're we're I think that you know I feel like things are turning around everywhere. So, just keep, sure. it just takes folks uh, like yourself to pick up the pick up the ball and help run with it. So it's great to hear it and good work. Awesome, thank you. All right, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, uh, we'll return to the show. <laughs> We're back. That was some excitement there. Woo! <laughs> yeah! All right, so what are we talking about here is the main topic, isn't it? Yep. Mentioned it before the breaks and such, but we're going to talk about some army list building. When we're writing an army list, what are some of the things I think that you're looking at 
for trying to put that list together. What's the list for? Yeah, that's probably like the first. I think that like chooses how people would pick how they're building the list was is if it's going to be for like a game night or if they're getting ready for a tournament. I think that has some variance in what people are going to put on the table, and that's kind of your first big decision when yep. you go into writing it. So, so is there a real difference? you know, in your mind from, a, say, a tournament list in a, to a friendly pickup well, game list? In my vast tournament experience, <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't know if there's a different type of list, like, as in, like, a set thing, but for the individual, there probably is. Like, I don't think you would put a new unit on the table for the first time when you're headed to a tournament. Is, Definitely. I guess, the main thoughts there. So, I think when you're playing a tournament, you're probably playing something you think is more solid and you're more confident with and you think is going to be strong, I guess. For your tournament, maybe it depends on what models you have painted and stuff like that, too, for what sure. you're actually going to put in there. But on a game night or something, you might be trying something new and using maybe some proxies even or just something that's not painted and stuff like that, depending on your own personal preference. Yeah, definitely. I think, And that goes into even the new player experience. Mm-hmm. If you're writing your, your new player, it's a new new your new time coming to play, or maybe even a new time you're playing this army for the first time. There's a lot of difference in that first army list versus yeah for uh, sure or, or that oh hey i just picked up that new unit and now i want to put it in my army okay well let's let's see how it kind of works with the rest of the stuff i own i think it's going to be good but let's play it that's that's kind of something that's you know i wouldn't definitely take in my tournament all cumbers list or yeah. something like that i would definitely rule that out i would i would maybe harden my list i might have to consider a rules pack for a tournament in case there's certain requirements or comp restrictions maybe you can't do double rares maybe you maybe if you take three cannons that's a a penalty to your overall tournament score you know those kind of things so yeah there's definitely maybe a difference in that tournament list versus what you're playing for your normal pickup games so yeah Definitely, I think there's a, a big difference in, in that. So, yeah, if I'm playing at the local bros down at the uh, Pegasus on a Monday night, eh, for me personally, there's not a huge difference in the list building um, that I do unless I'm bringing something brand new to the table that I've never played before. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest difference is whether you're going to try something out for the first time or not. And kind of the same thing like if you're a new player or whatever it's going to be kind of similar to that where you're just giving it a shot i guess and i mean there's not really any stakes when you're going down to the game store so it's just there to come play a game so so when when you're bringing your lists to the table is there a general idea or theme behind your list um why you're bringing those armies to the table or is it just um what made you happy uh that's probably one and the same there for me is what makes me happy, I guess. I feel like when I'm writing a list, there's things, like, as far as play styles go, there's maybe something I've, like, been very familiar with. Like, with my VC, I'm playing kind of like the, uh, whatever, the grind kind of match, the just kind of outlast with lots of raising and stuff like that. And that's usually what I'm familiar and most comfortable with. So uh, that affects how I'm going to build the list of certain units you're going to put in there to accomplish that. And I guess how the... It's all actually going to work together rather than just a hodgepodge of different stuff. And that's kind of the same thing if like maybe you're trying a more extreme tactic in there, some kind of fast list. I mean, that's going to be if you're going to have a lot of cavalry or if you're going to have foot sloggers and stuff in there and kind of just the main tactic you're going for. And then there's kind of like the all-comer kind of list too. It's probably a little bit different yet in my head anyway. <laughs> so I kind of from, from, my, from my concept when I'm 
trying to bring a list to the table. One of the things I consider is the environment that I'm playing in. Definitely, this kind of goes back to what's the list for? Is it for a tournament play? Is it tournament prep type list? Okay, if it is, then I'm going to try to bring things. Then I, t- I try to take the restrictions off for me personally. Uh, when, I br- when I bring down to the game store, like what I bring down to the game store for the next month or so, I'm going to be playing lists that I find that are just fun and <laughs> are you different. And I, don't, I care less about winning and losing. I, I still want to win, but I, you know, I don't mind bringing a list. Like I'll probably bring my Lizardmen out. I think I'm going to, this coming... This coming Monday, I'm going to bring my, my Lizardmen out. And uh, I don't have a Carnosaur built, but that would be the kind of time, like, okay, let's get this bad boy on the table. Mm-hmm. Let's get that second Stegodon on the table. Let's get as many dinosaurs on the table. I, I've always I've been wanting to do that list for a while now. I want to you know, <laughs> just pile of dinosaurs on the table. So, you know, that's the kind of thing I want to bring to the game store. If I, that same Lizardman army, if I was getting it prepped for a tournament, which is not going to happen, but if I'm prepping <laughs> it for a tournament, you know, okay, well... Dinosaurs out, Slon, you know, L4, probably Light, you know, big block of Saurus, couple of Saurus characters, maybe I put them on cold ones, maybe I don't. Um, I definitely see the advantage there, you know, Pterodons. I start kidding the list, bunch of skinks. I kit the list a completely different way for tournament play, and I'm worried about that. So there's definitely that. When it comes to theming i i'd like to try to what's my idea i also try to put theming behind the list here a bit and what am i trying to capture i'd like playing themed lists if i can um lists that try to recapture a certain type of feel of like when i play my dwarfs this is one of the reasons i want to always try to include a dwarf lord is not because it's a tactical advantage in fact um as you know, I talk about my Quake City list, I really don't care for the Dwarf Lord on Shield Bearers. I think he's <laughs> too much of a point sink. Maybe if you're looking to deny your opponent's points, well then yeah, that's fine. But for the 300 or so points that I put into the guy, I would have been much better served, me personally I think, by taking a couple of Thanes. But I have this idea that my Dwarf Lord is this Dugan Brideaxe character it's what one of the reasons I brought him into, you know, my first dwarf army was this was my dwarf lord retaking his hold, and now at this point, my storyline for my dwarf lord, he's kind of now he's settled in, he's starting to to settle into that hold and and defend certain portions and have to defend the hold, and so there's a reason why I want I want that in there. So every time I take him out, I'm having to justify in my head why is that dwarf <laughs> why is this what is this army about what's this dwarf army about. You know, and there's also a reason there's, okay, it's this new dwarf, he's this new dwarf with this new dwarf hold, this new dwarf lord, you know, lord of his hold, just retaking his hold, this old familial hold. He's not going to have a lot of things like black powder and cannon. He'll, he'll, you know, have a lot of clansmen and, and bodyguard and stuff. So there's almost always, I'm always trying to find ways to get hammers in. I always want to have some kind of big warrior's block. The hold's not been around a long time, so I don't want to include long beards in the list. Hmm. Those kind of considerations that all went behind my list building, and it's there for very fluffy reasons, not necessarily because of the tactically best. That's pretty cool. I feel like I have decisions in there like that too. Like, I think the usually how I play my vampire accounts, I probably would be a lot better off just having a 
uh, like even a for sure probably a separate vampire lord for fighting and a master necromancer to actually like raise the stuff or even just a straight master necromancer would probably be a lot better for my attrition list i usually play but even then i usually still try and have my vampire lord be the general and be the boss of everything level forum up and everything which isn't always the smartest thing but i always feel like there should be that vampire lord running the list and other decisions like that i know i play my ghouls a lot lately but i don't really have a strong like stragoi theme or anything in there either i always try and play my vampire accounts as more of the karstein line even though that's not really a thing anymore but uh i try and keep them away like a lot of times i don't even give them armor and stuff like that just because i'm not fielding a model with armor because they're supposed to be the von karsteins and not blood dragons and stuff like that so there's a lot of theme thought into that it sounds like yours is way more thought through so your fluff's like set to go if you ever have to put something up for a tournament <laughs> it's oh, like I've, I've got all books. there already <laughs> yeah. i've got books of fluff for the dwarves and books of grudges too oh yeah i saw I that they do, have the, they do have the official book of grudges <laughs> which is cool i took it out to i have like one game i played here that was a prep game i got into it um once it showed up and then i took it and i used to have like way back in the day i had a like a normal notebook and that was my book of grudges and if i if i could ever find that it's kind of cool to go back every once in a while it was lost in a battle somewhere probably (laughs) and uh it was cool to flip back and see like all these games i played long ago and see when i when i played them who i was playing against so i expect you know a year two years from now i'm gonna open up this book of grudges (laughs) when i'm playing dwarfs and and just kind of there'll be a smile that comes back when you remember that game and the experience so it's you know, it's kind of the same reason why people like doing battle reports. They can try yeah. to remember that when they go back and listen to or review that battle report in six months or a year from now. So it definitely adds things. So, okay, so where do you start then, Brian, with your list building experience? I don't know. That's like, I think I usually start with what's familiar to me. I've been playing Vampire Counts a long time, so I kind of know where you have to start with a base. And I guess usually that starts with filling like my minimum core requirements or like if it's for something like a Monday night where I want to try out a new unit, usually I'll put that in there first and then kind of add from there, like just to make sure that unit fits in there or it'll be kind of like a tweak. I'll pull these guys out and pull that in and put that new unit in. So with Vampire Counts, it's usually getting my minimum core filled first is and that's kind of a choice. Usually I don't have skeletons and ghouls. Usually I have skeletons without ghouls and then a bunch of zombies or if there's my big ghoul block then of course there's less points for zombies and stuff like that so are there things that you find yourself okay when i sit down to build my list i'm always going to take this vampire i'm always going to take like these two units of zombies i'm always going to mean these are just kind of like the foundation of every list i'm going to take do you find yourself doing that at all I think I used to do that for sure. I've been playing smaller games and I've been trying a lot of new stuff. I mean, that's why I made that new model and stuff. I keep uh, trying out stuff. It's a lot easier at that lower points. But for sure, um, I don't feel like I'm very... like I don't usually have the standard internet vampire like Blender. But I usually... I was running the same vampire lord for a very long time. I mean, he was kind of a just a gimme. I mean, that would be a one-click add to my list. And then filling up the minimum core requirements was the next step which usually wasn't a hard choice. I've had those ghouls, so usually that filled up the majority of it. Then it was a matter of like how many zombies I wanted versus wolves, which I haven't been running very many wolves. So I usually have two zombie units, and then that ghoul block was kind of my main build for a long time. And then everything else I would switch would be like the special and rare choices. So that was kind of like a standard thing I would start with. I don't think I have any auto-includes besides like that vampire lord. 
I think sure. that's my only auto include. So I think one of the things you kind of mentioned there brought up was minimum core. And I think that's a, a big one for a lot of players these days. Well, I've heard referred to from other folks that it's the core tax <laughs> that you have to pay. And, and I think that's truer for some armies. And some armies, the core can be really, really good. And yeah. maybe they take more of it. I think that's why I talked about it so much. Because usually vampire counts, you don't really want to spend any more than your minimum on core. Just because they're not good for much besides a few wound counters out there, I guess. Vampire counts, that's a good example. I think dwarves playing the dwarves there's a lot of really good core there i think i think a dwarf player if they did warriors with great weapons and long beards and maybe even warriors with shields you could fill you know quarrelers you could field a lot of core you could easily I feel like elves do that a lot too usually have. Uh, uh, i don't know they have so few units but i think i don't know a lot of dark elves seem to have a lot of core choices between the witches and Dark elves have a lot of core choices. Yeah, you do have the witches, you do have the, you do have the dark shards, and you do have the dark riders. So there's a lot yeah. of possibilities at core in the dark elves. High elves, uh, probably not so much. Not so much. Wood elves, kind of not so much either. You, yeah. you want those faster skirmish units, the scouts, the way, the way watchers, the, the wild riders. Those are all. Outside of, you know, when I think of that army. But when I think of armies that have strong core, that maybe, okay, I build my list, and then I'm I'm picking maybe my specials and rares first, and then I'm filling in my core. Uh, maybe that's it. Or maybe I start, you know, go back with the core, and I'm less worried about minimum core, because my core is really good, is I think, like, Demons, Empire. Yeah, Demons. Uh, I'll have really good core. Warriors have really good core. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think that's a big difference because I'm usually playing the minimum where people like actually want these units in their list for sure, and it's already like filled the minimum. Like they don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, no, I've drawn up like lizardmen lists, and I'm really struggling looking at the core, going, <laughs> "Oh, I really don't want to take more Soros, or I don't want to take my fourth unit of skinks. I don't want to take my fourth <laughs> unit of skirt of ten, uh, my fourth ten pack of skirmish skinks because you know at some level I'm just tripping over myself, but. <laughs> Yeah, so there's all of those kind of considerations. Um, I think from my perspective, as far as auto-includes, it depends on the list that I'm building, the army I'm taking. I know, uh, at least I'm probably planning on taking Lizardmen here on Monday night. Since I don't have the dinosaur dinosaur list, I basically, my Slon is, I have him, he's set-built. I don't change or fiddle with that guy. He's always the same guy. I think all three of I take, four or five characters in the list and I pretty much want to get all five of those characters in every list. Hmm. So then it's going back hmm. and figuring out okay, well, you know, at the end of the list, then I'm going back and going crud. I'm I'm over point I'm over points. Do I can I get away with what what can I have to get away with or what can I what can I remove? And it's almost never those five characters in the Lizardman list. <laughs> what other decisions do you kind of take take into into consideration then brian when you're building your list is there anything else that you really go out and consider as you're building well i feel like i usually end up trying to put too much stuff in and then i have to make decisions for cutting it back like i just keep adding stuff then it's like oh crap i'm at three thousand points or something like that so it kind of comes down to what i'm going to take out and i feel kind of limited to what models i have right now so that's I've been trying to not proxy stuff anymore until I get the models assembled, so that's kind of making it a little easier to um, scrounge up the lists. But I feel like 
once I do core and characters, like I don't have that much room to work around. Like I've been putting those grave gardens that eats up most of the other points. So I have very few decisions to make. It's more or less, do I want this rare or a different rare? And that's about it. And then for the last few points are the ones I always have trouble with. Cause I feel like my characters never have anything more than what the bare minimum they need. Like usually most of them aren't even maxed out. So then I start having trouble trying to cut stuff. Because if anywhere, I'd want to cut it from the core, but I'm just right at the minimum, so I can't do that. So then I'm starting to kind of nerf down my other units a little bit and kind of losing some redirectors and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, uh, down. I I have a very similar experience most of the time. I could say it's the, that occasion where you're like, okay, I just took everything I want, and I have a couple more hundred, I have a couple hundred more points to spend. My God, is that awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I know that very rarely happens. Since I started limited into what models I actually have modeled, I have run into that a little bit because I usually fill my rare points quite a bit too. Like especially if I'm taking Blood Knights or something, I can't take like any other rares, so <laughs> it's a little easier. Yeah, no, I, I I can't think of like the last time I I think in the last time I maybe did this was. Uh, when I, I, I've done it actually with the Lizardmen, when I was list building with Lizardmen, like, okay, I got my Salon, I got the Saurus block, I got the two characters, I got my five pack of characters, I've got my Salamanders, I've got my, all my core paid for, what else do I want to take? I've got my Stegodon, oh, hey, there's still <laughs> more points. Um, and then I go, okay, well, I want to take this, and crud, now if I take this, and I need, I take it where it's going to be f- effective, now I gotta go back and try to figure out where my take spot. out fifty more points somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where is that fifty extra points gonna come from? How do you go about looking at that? Do you f- have like extras in there usually that you take off? Like you said, your characters are pretty set, so you probably don't take from there. In in that particular list build, yeah, they're pretty set. Um, but if I have to, that's where the point. You know, I have to look at the whole list and try what mm-hmm. what am I trying to accomplish and cut where it doesn't accomplish that goal. Um, and one of the things I try to do personally to build in is I try to build in an extra 50 or 100 points core right off the bat. So I like I my list building oftentimes will start with a core and I'll build in. I'll like, okay, I'll take all this core and it'll put me 100 points extra. Like 100 okay. points over the minimum? Over the minimum. Okay. That gives me then when I get to that point at the end so where no I'm like throwing in. Something. It's like, I'm like, okay. oh, okay, crud, I've got to cut. Okay. That's your I'll buffer. cut. I'll cut some of these warriors, or I'll cut some of these Saurus, or I'll cut some of these... Oh, I didn't need that fourth pack of skinks. Okay, cut. It's an easy cut for me then at that point. And I struggle less, and it forces me then to, you know, as I'm looking at the points. And I use uh, Army Builder, and that's one of the things, too, that we kind of didn't mention the other decisions. How do you... What do you what do you use to create your list? I use software. It's Army Builder. It's out there. Company make uh, company Lone Wolf makes it. It's been out there for years and years and years. It's a great piece of software. <laughs> kind of a standard amongst us war gamers at this point. But uh, you you don't do that. You're well, still manually writing lists. I used by to kind paper hand, them all right? the time, and then I searched for like an app, and I found like Battlescribe has like a free version of yep. their app. It seems kind of wonky. Like I haven't had it on my computer yet. And actually, I think if I make my own file, it'll be a lot better because there's like things missing in the files. And lately, I can't add uh, magic items to like white uh, level, hero level dudes or vampires. So the app just crashes if I try and do it. So it's kind of inconvenient for writing a list with that. But I definitely have an electronic source is way better for adding the list it'll tell you if you're like forgetting anything in there and like where your minimums are at if you don't if you're over points for like 
characters or if you're over points for rare and stuff like that it'll flag all that for you so it keeps you from making mistakes and it's a lot easier to just click to add something rather than having to add it up in a calculator in your head and then write it down and then be like crap i gotta take off like five more guys to that and then refiguring the points cost and stuff like that it's just a lot more less fiddly have an electronic version to do it yeah i know personally one of my things i like to do when i'm list building and i've got a new book or a new army i'm going to put on the table for the first few times you know i may sit down with army builder and fiddle and try to rebuild maybe internet based lists or something like that that i might have in mind but when it comes down to writing those first few lists that I want to take to the table, a lot of times I find myself sitting down with the army book, sitting down with a pen and paper, writing the list out manually and doing those calculations because I'm reading the rules at the same time and I'm helping kind of implant in my head exactly what I want to take and why I want to take it on the table. And so it becomes a much yeah, it's a much longer, much more painstaking kind of process than sitting down with an automated thing that auto, that mm-hmm calculates things i can tell you that i've sat down like oh crud i got like 10 minutes to throw together an army <laughs> list i'll click, click 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 an army builder and then i'll be like okay i had these standard things that i wanted to take like oh hey i took this dark elf bsb and i've done this before for a tournament i'm like okay i took this dark elf bsb he he only gets taken with this exact build otherwise i take a different model as long as i take blackguard in the list <laughs> and i'll get to the and i got to the tournament and i sat down and I kind of, my mental, I didn't even look at the list. I played my first game and I had the black card in the list. And then after the game, we're like, okay, tallying up the points and the black card were lost. And I'm like, oh shit, I didn't have these guys in the list. I lost. <laughs> you get a big win. Here you go. That was kind of one of the symptoms of it. Like, okay, I rushed too quick building the list. I Now I missed something that was really important and really critical for me to include in the list. Mm-hmm. And now it kind of bit me in the rear and... I lost the game because of it. So, you know, because I essentially cheated the game and it wasn't me intentionally doing it. It was just, okay, I had this and I thought this, you know, while I was building the list, I just overlooked it. So, but that's something I would never do when I was doing pen and paper lists. Yeah, you're going a little slower. I'm going slower. I'm really thinking about, okay, I take this character. I'm taking this character. Like when I build dwarf lists, okay, I take this character. What's his role? What unit is he going in? Because it's always going to go in the same unit, pretty much every time. Every time I play the army, it's gonna the character's going to have the same role. How does he support this unit? And he's going to go in that unit every time. So I tell you, like I took a dwarf lord on on shield bearers, and his role was to smash high toughness units. So he and he went in the hammers. So that was going to be my monster bashing unit. Okay, I have. Great weapon warrior. I have warriors with great weapons. Yeah, strength five is nice. I'd like to be able to smash armor a little bit better. Let's take a runesmith. Okay, his role. Yeah, sure, he's got a dispel scroll. Rune of spell breaking, so he's got a dispel scroll, so I can shut down that. That's fine. But the the his real role is to give that unit armor piercing so that he can shut down, you know, help that unit overcome those one-up armor saves a little bit better. So you really see characters as more as like a buff to your unit. In, in the dwarf army, yeah, definitely, so definitely. not always the case. Like, I feel like, I don't know, my characters usually only affect, like, the whole army, like, for magic-wise with the vampires, it's usually supporting that, or if I have a blender lord in there, he's, yeah, usually in a guaranteed unit, and he's what's there giving it killing power, so. Yeah, no, I, I think in the dwarf army, it's definitely, the characters are there only to support 
what the army is built to do. So if you're going to take a points denial army, yeah, sure, you want to take a dwarf. You want to have a dwarf in that army with an O stone in your in your Iron Breakers. Maybe you want another character with an O stone in a unit like your Great Weapon Warriors. Mm-hmm. But uh, in an army like Lizardmen, it's a it's a bit of a different thing. So I take like a Soros Warrior block, and I'm thinking about those characters I want to put in that Soros Warrior block. Well, Soros Soros Warriors are okay in combat if you get past the fact that they are slow as molasses <laughs> at initiative one. But two attacks, strength, strength four with the turn, you know, primal fury. Primal fury, kind. that's pretty good. So, do I really need to throw a lot of characters in there? Okay, well, okay, yeah, I definitely don't want to take my slon as a BSB, so I'll take another. I definitely want a BSB since I took that Soros block. Why did I take that BSB? Well, it's because I want to be able to have a chance to reroll break checks. Okay, throw a great weapon and four up board save on him. Okay, that's why I wanted to take him. It's this whole role in the army is to support. That sort basically to support that Soros block, but anything that happens to be near him the twelve gets to benefit from it too, mm-hmm. you know. But I, why did I take that Slon? Well, because I wanted a powerful magic caster that can buff some of my units um, because I'm taking Lore of Light. I, why and I'm taking him because he can zap things, zap, zap, zap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why he's there. Uh, you know, it's a completely different mindset. If I'm taking vampires, yeah, sure, that character, that vampire is going to be, okay, I'm going to give this unit that really stinks in combat, I'm going to give that, I'm going to give them some real combat ability. I'm going to take this battle standard bearer. Why? Because in my denial list where I'm going to grind, grind, grind and raise zombies like crazy, he makes my zombies and everything around him die less. A little less. (laughs) <laughs> a little less, but that one less, that's that's still big. Like, yep. one less, if you're in four combats, it's four less models you just lost. Four less wounds, uh, which could be really big. Yeah, I so. think my vampire counts lists often usually revolve around the characters. I mean, that's almost the first choice you put in there, whether how fighty they're going to be or how magic-y they're going to be. Yeah. And then you kind of have to support, your rest of the army is more or less supporting that. My Tomb feel. Kings, yeah, my Tomb Kings, first decision, Archon. Okay. Well, if I can't take Archon because of the rules pack of this tournament, double level four. Why? Because I need that Death Wizard. Why? Because the rest of the army stinks at killing things. <laughs> so I want that guy there because that's my killing powerhouse. That's the primary source of death. And then if you know nothing else is there, I, my, the way my list is built, uh, it's lots of small units, lots of you know nothing that's really good individually by itself in combat. And I know you can get some of those things. Like, you could take uh, the Tomb Guard with, with the, the ne- character Necrotech. necrotech you know, character Necrotech. Get friends be and hatred, yeah. And then, uh, and then a Tomb King or Prince in that unit. All of a Transfer sudden, you got, a weapon like, skill. you know, weapon skill five or six Tomb Guard with hatred and frenzy and lots of attacks and halberds. And all of a sudden, you have a really good unit by itself. But... That's not the way I play my Tomb King. So I play my Tomb Kings. I, I need that wizard to be a single source of potential to win the game, so that it's so that it forces my opponent to maybe not focus so much on the rest of my elements in my army, and maybe I can take advantage of that in the game. So it's definitely different approaches to different lists building and in ways you can do things. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover then for list building? Um, I think that kind of rounds out all the corners. Uh, those are kind of all the things I think about, and I think you kind of had some of the same and slightly other ideas in there too. Yeah, but. I think so. I, 
Uh, I think so. Um, so let's. Uh, what do, What do you want to try to shoot for for the next couple of weeks, hobby and gaming wise? Um. Well, I, I think that uh, conversion I did is pretty well done. I might have a few touch ups in there. Um. I do want to assemble a Terrorgeist. I think that's on the next to do list. And I do also want to keep getting um, bolt action guys together. I'm trying to do that a little more passively. Just whenever I have a second, I'll slap a guy together. Where the Terror guys to be a little more of a project, obviously being a sure. pretty big model. So hopefully I can get that done. And I feel a little bit of a hobby crunch. Like with school is only like a month away, so I'm trying. I'm like I want to get all these projects done. So I was really focused. I was hoping I'd get that Hellsteed conversion done in a week, but it took me like two. So we'll see what I can get done. But the Terrorgeist is the next thing for sure. So I've never played with one yet. So it'll be really cool to have that guy done. So I know my big goal is going to be to get the the remaining twelve dwarf warriors. I want to get them finished uh, with the great weapons. Like I said, about halfway there now. And then once that's done, I also have ten new Germans for bolt action assembled. So that's a big one. And I think if I get all that done in the next couple of weeks. By the time we get back together, probably shortly before Gen Con or something, mm-hmm. I will feel that's very successful. Are you planning to continue working on your dwarfs? Or I know you're saying you're going to bring Lizardmen again. Is your focus probably going to switch back to them? Do you have to build more, paint more? I don't. I'm going to Lizardmen. I don't have to build or paint anymore for the Lizardmen. So, or I don't have to. I need to paint. I don't have anything really painted, <laughs> but I, I'm just going to go back to playing the Lizardmen because for me, for right now, it's kind of a fun, relaxed list. So in August, I want to play them a lot more. There's less pressure on me to try to win, I think I feel like, with yeah. that army. Whereas the dwarves, I have too much personal history with them. I, <laughs> so I, every game is really personal, it feels like. That's why there's a grudge book. That's why there's a grudge book. <laughs> um, I, that's, moving forward, I, my, next tournament that I'm gonna, my next tournament outing, which will be Screw City GT, which is in October, the dwarves are coming back out for that. Nice. So yeah, I do so have, have to, to keep working with them. Keep keep working get on them. Your keep, army scheme all. Yep, get them. I would like to have the scheme, the dwarf army finished at three thousand because that's a three thousand point tournament. Oh, really? Wow. So I do have <laughs> one monster I have to include from outside of. Uh, a they they are requiring at least one storm of magic monster in a rare. Storm. Oh really? What so, do you think you're gonna do for that? I don't have the first. I'm not even familiar with clue the, yet. Whatever storm of magic thing. Monstrous Arcane. I've looked at. I've there looked at some models. Centric. No, one in there, there isn't. At all, is there? Not really. Can't so, have a, whatever the big Zeppelin thing is. <laughs> I was thinking about maybe like a Mountain Chimera, or um, I've got to look at some of the rules and see what. Is there a general think, dragon in there? Or something. There is a general dragon. Smog so in just, there. <laughs> I could just throw a dragon in there. Yeah, it would be would be yeah. pretty easy. Or I could. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily throw in. I throw in a monster that is just going to lose me the game because I know it's going to be something. My dwarfs are going to be kitted to try to deal with big monsters, slayers, and stuff like that. slayers, <laughs> double cannon, plenty of great weapons, cannons. probably two cannons and uh, and uh, a couple organ guns and yeah, it's pretty much. And then the core of what I took to to QCR, I think, pretty much. So. I was planning to finish my ghouls, too. I'm still working on those le- next set of five. I still haven't finished the details on them. I'll get you to, and what, 25? I think that is only 25, yeah. I was trying to remember if it was 25 or 30, but I think it is only 25 that'll finish out. What are you going to do but when that unit's finished? I'm anxious to work on some zombies. That's my next thing. I have some magnets I picked up. I want to magnetize them so they can 
stay on their tray, and then I gotta start working on zombies next. Sure, sure. So, and then I also want to paint up some bolt action. They seem like they should be pretty quick and easy. Um, there's unfortunately not a paint day at Pegasus this week. Well, this month so much. Oh. So I'm I was kind of hoping I'd bust them out there, but there's plenty of other time to work on them. But I thought the Americans would be something really quick and easy to paint. So. That was the next painting thing. Might not be a bad thing, too, sometime. Just haul over here and let's hit it with the airbrush and see what you think. For the Americans? Yeah, or Americans or, or even the zombies. Zombies know. would well, be a good one to hit, like, five of them with an airbrush and get your base browns done, at least. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't know, I'm not too confident with <laughs> how I'd go with that. It's, I feel like I've got a wrap on my general brush painting style, so I don't know if I'd want to throw another wrench in it, but we are trying a terrain day next week to get some stuff rolling for mayhem so, already so there's gonna be a dark elf tower yeah you're gonna start working maybe on dark it'll elf be tower finished again. for this year yeah maybe <laughs> uh, i will laugh I when you don't have that finished i was planning to, if there'll be a, ever if it's ever at a point where paint will go on it i think i was hoping to use airbrush on that i think that'll be a good trial use of that, the airbrush and get some one. feel for it and then yeah depending on how that goes that's a really good one we'll actually see, so so yeah, well, we'll go ahead and I think at this point, call that. That's some pretty hefty hobby goals. Um, <laughs> yeah. One thing that kind of came to mind in there, as I kind of mentioned, and I want to kind of shout because this show will come out before Gen Con, Don't is that. that yes, I will be at Gen Con, and if anybody would like to hook up with the Conzi during Gen Con, I will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with your best opportunities probably falling either on uh i've got a lot of true dungeon and events i'm doing on saturday but i could probably hook up with you on saturday or sunday morning i i'm pretty confident usually we take off sunday morning but this year i've got so many events i'm doing over the course of friday and saturday that i feel like i'm not gonna have a chance to really go doing any shopping until until sunday what are you doing what are you looking forward to at Gen so, so friday we get what friday we'll drive out we'll drive to Gen, we'll drive to indianapolis so that's like an eight hour drive here from madison mm-hmm. so i'll get there about one o'clock one or two o'clock local time probably Usually the plan is once we get there, buy Gen Con t-shirt because by the time end of Friday's over, the cool <laughs> new Gen Con shirt gone, for right? whatever is already gone, particularly in my size since I'm a, a larger guy. And then mm-hmm. I think Friday night I have a event that I'm signed up to do for sculpting, I think is what I'm... So I'm going to do like a sculpting class, I think. I think that's what I've got Friday night. And then we always go to this place called the Bruges, um, which is a bit away from Gen Con, but it's always pretty packed on. And it's like a microbrewery with some really good food. They do like a clam boil or bake or whatever the heck it's called, and I don't eat that, but they have like <laughs> a, they have lots of good, really good food and and really good, a really good Belgian beer that I really like. And so we usually go there as a group with like five, six, seven of us. Take notes for some of your homebrew. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And then Saturday, I've got, we're doing, as a group, we're doing two True Dungeons. It's the first time I've ever done True Dungeon. What's that? So it's this, uh, basically, they lay out like a, the, like it's a, almost like LARP, LARP experience oh, really? type with <laughs> like stage quality dungeon walls and props and stuff. Wow. And then you'll have like things like a shuffleboard where that's, you know, where you, there's like a picture of a monster and you roll a, you toss a you toss a tile at it and where it lands where it stops that's where your hit is huh. that's like how fighters do in like 
mages might have to remember how to a certain sequence that they have to say or recite in order to cast a spell. <laughs> Rogues will have the ability to try to decipher and undo puzzles and traps. Wow. For their, you know, they have to undo puzzles to break a trap or open a door. Oh, I've never heard about that. That sounds pretty interesting. And then you have like they they have like coins that they give out every year and stuff like that. And so some of the coins from like way back ago are are actually quasi valuable and find the loot. So this is the first time we're we're actually doing it. And we're going to do it as a group and hopefully that'll be a really good time. And then I've got, I'd like to say I've got a painting class on Saturday, too, I'm signed up for. <laughs> I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, I wanted to try to focus. One of the things I, you know, the group decided we wanted to do True Dungeon, so I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And we usually go to Gen Con as like a group of five or six, mostly my board gaming friends. Uh, this year I wanted to try to focus my personal things. I wanted to try to get into more hobby-related type stuff, expand my skill set. I can't tell how valuable it was to have that time with Matt in his backyard <laughs> kind of showing some advanced painting techniques. And I'm getting to the point, I'm not very good at, at kind of learning new techniques on my own. So I'm just kind of rehashing the same techniques and figuring out how to do them faster. Hmm. So I want to try to throw some new, new tools into my toolbox and start experimenting with these new techniques. So I want to try to enhance my sculpting. I wanted to try to enhance my... I don't necessarily care about sculpting a new miniature, but some of the stuff like you do... I would love to have a better idea on how to do, and so I'm, I'm hoping some of these classes that were fairly inexpensive were, are going to help me kind of bump to that next level of hobby and, mm-hmm. and stuff so I can start doing some more cooler stuff. Ooh, that's the whole point of the con, I guess. So. And that's going to be, that's kind of my point. My goal for this year is to enhance my, enhance my hobby abilities is really my goal, and come back with a pile of loot. <laughs> So. Anything particular you're looking to pick up or uh, see what grabs your eye? I I don't. Me personally, I have nothing on that's the list. Really jumping out. I want to get some Forge World stuff. I think that that's the one big thing. I'll probably Ooh. come up. I'll probably come back with some Herstart molds. I almost always every year I go to Gen Con buy two more molds, and then I'm almost assuredly going to get at least something from Forge World. So I've been looking <laughs> at Forge World models. Either to enhance, like my orcs. There's a couple of really cool things out there for the orcs and goblins um, to see if they have them in stock, or if they have uh, like the dwarf command set or the orcs and goblins command set that they came out with. I'll buy both of those if they have them, <laughs> and then uh, like some of the other monsters, some of the big cool dragons and stuff like that the Forge World's done. I, I'd love to. Have, I right now at this point, I own no Forge World. I think it's about time in my career, <laughs> yeah. Warhammer career to own some of that. I've been looking at their skin wolves quite a bit because I was thinking about using them for crypt whores in the vampire counts, but I haven't cared to order them up yet. And once you pay for shipping and everything there, that just adds a little bit more. But yeah, that'd be quite the opportunity. Yeah, no, they're if you're going there. Yeah, definitely. No, if they've uh, that's something you need me to pick up, let me know. Yeah, maybe I'll tell you to grab me some hopefully they'll have them you know yeah if they don't usually they're i think they're they offer free shipping if they don't have what you want nice so what did we talk about today talked quite about it well our main topic was list building talked quite a bit a lot about that just our own personal experiences (laughs) yep i had an interview with jesse gayhart to talk about the group that's building their game games universe in menominee falls just north of milwaukee 
Also talked a little bit about Gen Con there. Yeah. And once that's coming on, this will be probably the only show that will release before that. Mm -hmm. And one last thing about Gen Con, if you want to reach out to the Conzi to do a meetup, send an email to hosts at wiscodice.com. That way we can go ahead and and I'll see it and we'll get back to you and let you know, like look at the schedule and see what the best time is to try to get, try to hook up. How do you contact the show or host, Brian? Well, you just mentioned our email, hosts at wiscodice. Otherwise, I guess we have the WWHFB forum and then the WiscoDice.com website. Yep. You can get us both on both of those. You can also catch us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. And if you're looking for a place or if you're just catching our show from the website and want to try to catch us maybe through your normal feed reader, we are listed on iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, and BlackBerry Podcast. So BlackBerry whatever the heck blackberry store is anyways <laughs> who uses blackberries but we're listed there i just probably upset our two blackberry listener fans so yeah definitely check us out catch us you know leave us a review on any of those on any of those podcast places we really appreciate mm-hmm. it we're less concerned with where we stand in the ratings or pushing us up but we love we love reading those re- those reviews and we do take it to heart and try to help improve the show from that so definitely Shoot us an email. Let us know how, what you thought or if you had ideas. Maybe you had some ideas about list building yourself that you want to share with us. We can talk about it on a future show. That would be great. can put you on the show. You'll be famous. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, I, that's definitely. That's how Jesse, Jesse got a hold of me. Yep. gave us feedback, and we're like, dude, I want to talk to you about this. I want to get you on the show. Let's talk about it and tell, tell our fans. So yeah, they can do it, too. Stay tuned to our blogs on our website now, too. We've been updating those. Yeah. Brian actually posted. Yeah, I posted finally. Um, look forward to, uh, I think I mentioned it on the last show, but uh, Assault on Normandy, Bolt Action Box Review, and then, like I said, I'll put up uh, kind of some pictures. and Of this conversion some different, you're doing? Yeah, steps to that conversion I made. All right, one final thing I want to wrap up before I wrap before the show's wrapped up. I just keep saying one final thing, one final thing. <laughs> so one final thing, uh, I want to mention Wayne Berry last episode. We talked about the Bits review. It's actually not the last episode, two episodes ago Yep. in the Bits review. I mentioned that I didn't think he painted his own armies. That is completely incorrect. <gasps> his army is gorgeous. It was one of the best-looking armies I played against at Bits. Really well done job, Wayne. I wanted to call that out here. It's Wayne, and, and I wanted to mention that. I, I would, If I had a mistake, I want to correct it on the show we're all, we're always about that and and yeah it was just phenomenal so <laughs> all right until later we're out peace we're out see you next time <laughs>